Welcome to Season 2 of the Week Pastor Podcast, where we view Christianity through the lens of vulnerability. Welcome to the Week Pastor Podcast. We are so delighted that you have joined us today. This was on, if I'm just going to be honest, I got to be real, right, Sua? That was my third take of saying, welcome to the Week Pastor Podcast. <laughs> I, the first time I said, welcome to the Week Church Podcast, because I, I am in dissertation mode right now, and I'm overwhelmed. Oh, my Lord. And the second time I said, welcome to the Week Pastors, and you keep telling me it's Which you be used to say all the time anyway. I don't think anybody yeah, would have but, even flinched. You know, and honest, I really do believe you're a pastor, too. So I think we could say pastors, you know? It's like, yeah, you know, so, you know, like, sure. you could be a pastor. So anyway. Okay. Especially like these days, because you've been you've been baptized by the Holy Spirit, you've been speaking in tongues. The things that are coming out of your mouth, it's like so powerful. Like I'm I listening like, to it. Um, on the we're gonna podcast, get and I'm like red oh flagged. God, this okay, is we're gonna like get so red flagged anyway. as like um. I mean, you can't keep joking about it. You it's, it's... you you are paraphrasing Diedrich Bonhoeffer, and you're not even trying. Like you don't even know well, this. I have, say, no, like, I have read like a lot of Bonhoeffer. I have yeah, read but I mean, you're paraphrasing stuff from him, and I'm like, oh my god, so powerful. So anyway, anyway. <laughs> Um, I have I have a an opening question, but this is gonna be my this might be my craziest opening question of all time. And you've had some crazy ones, so yeah, this is this is gonna be bad. There is nothing theologically correct about this, so there's there's nothing theologically correct about this. But I do want us to answer this, and I've been thinking really hard about it, and I just can't like figure it out. And I I think I came up with one. All right, so here it is. Here's my all right. Question. Let's go. Yeah. If God gave you a pass to sin. What would it be? What a past? Yeah, like he just said, go for it. Just oh, one say a, a past. A past. If God gave not oh. a whole past, but if God gave you, yeah, he's like, listen, Sua, you can do one sin, and I'll give you a pass on it. I'll give you a pass. This on is it. so funny because it reminds There's me of something theologically um, good about right, this. Yes, God would never yes. say this to us. He would never do it. But I just thought, you know what? Let's 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 answer this question. If God gave you a pass to <laughs> sin. What would it be? What sin would you decide to do if he gave you a pass? Okay, can I say something also yeah. very not holy? I was what? reading something. I was on Instagram and I was um, I saw something where somebody posted about how her husband and she decided that they're going to give each other three people to have a pass with. Should the moment like a hall pass? Yeah. So like, if the actual occasion should become possible to sleep with these people like who are your three people right uh -huh. you, you've heard this question have you heard this question no i've never heard that okay question. so I, I don't, sometimes I don't like couples with will those kind of friends oh, and, okay. and followers well, i don't follow those kinds of people who wow. is, is, this person a wow. is this person a celebrity well this was like an it's like a it was a friends episode where they have an they have an entire episode where they talk about how they, who's their three i think ross and rachel did it and they have like three people. i've watched every episode of friends i don't ever remember that one I'm pretty sure it was there but okay. anyway so it was funny because the guy apparently chose like you know like scarlett johansson you know margot robbie oh scarlett johansson you know, like yes i don't know like jennifer anderson like celebrities and the woman she was like so i chose his brother, my teacher's <laughs> biology teacher, like real and the barista, people, real people. barista yeah. at the local Starbucks, yeah, the hot yeah, barista. Yeah. Well, you know what? She's just a lot more serious about it than the guy is. Or maybe the guy was just too chicken. He had a list, but he didn't want to share it because maybe it was her sister. I mean, it's maybe so it funny. Was like, She's like, yeah, your yeah. brother, your yeah. brother. Wow. That's that, that'll 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 become that'll become viral. That'll okay, become viral. so you go. What's All your right. pass? So listen, I got to like just talk about certain things because I thought, all right, you know what? Like, do I do that? Like a hall pass with somebody or something like that? 
But I just think that would be very deadly. Like, even though God will forgive you of that, you still got to may not of, forgive you. Well, well, let, let's just say this. Like, even your spouse will forgive you. Like, everything will be fine. Like, you, you don't have to. There will be no repercussions in that way. But you still got to live with that. And then, like, I don't know how I would be able to function, you know, if I if I said to myself, oh, man, you know, like, I just had sex with another woman. I still have to live with that reality, right? And because Jenny was the only one I ever had sex with, it's like now you have somebody else okay. that you can compare. Hypothetically, so okay, I, I don't know. I don't know if we, I would pick that. Okay, but just if we're going to go into hardcore theology, technically, if you did sleep with another woman, God would forgive you if you repented. Yes. Like, yes, it's not yes. like, so well, technically well, we all have passes for all sorts okay. of things. Well, well, no, 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 no. So, so maybe that we can, we can make the past better. Okay. Meaning that there would be no like real, like human repercussions. So, so with no consequences, no like consequences. no natural yes. consequences. Yes. No, okay. like your spouse would be, okay. like, they will not going to divorce you, whatever, but you still got to okay. live with the reality that you did the sin, right? You still got to live with that. So anyway, so yeah, I was thinking through that and I just thought, Maybe if I was in my 30s, you know, I would definitely maybe say that. But I thought about it. And I don't want to sound so spiritual because now I'm becoming like you a little bit. But I really thought about it. What does it. that mean? Becoming like me? You, you have like when you answer questions, they're like so spiritual. I'm like, come on, you got to have a little bit more of a dark side about you, you know, and stuff like that. Like it's just it's sometimes it's. I don't know, man. I just I'm like, who's the mm. pastor in this podcast, right? So anyway, so one of us is a weak pastor. <laughs> so here, here's what I here's what I would do. All right, and I don't, I don't, I would love to get your thoughts on this. Okay, I would pass a law that would castrate men who sexually abuse kids. That that's I'm, hold on. I, I'm is that um hmm. That's is that sin? A you sin, can't be though? castrating people's body parts. Of course, it's a sin. You can't but, be castrating people's body parts. Yeah, but we kill people in the electric chair and give yeah, them but, but chemicals to kill them. A, yeah, we're not supposed to. But those are you know people making those. But for me, I'm I'm a pastor. I believe in Jesus. But I just I just feel like there. I just I really struggle. I really do struggle with with men who sexually abuse little kids. But oh, hold on. You're not heart. saying you would want to do it, right? Like you don't want to go and like be like the punisher and like castrate I, these. I'm people. gonna be honest. I, I it would be too many. I wouldn't mind oh being a witness to a few of them. Oh my gosh. I wouldn't mind being a witness to a few of them and being like, yeah, you deserve it. That was given to you to be used for good, but you use it to destroy kids' lives. Now you lose it. There you go. Boom. So anyway. But I feel like this is also one of those like holy vigilante kinds of things because it's, it's not really a... that because it's not in a in a way yeah of course like if you look at it from the christian like yeah. framework you shouldn't be harming other people in violent ways but if you look at it from the secular law and order perspective like that's actually kind of an admirable thing to do right really? like you go out I mean, and like you but but the thing is people can change people can repent they can you know they they can change their lives completely right so they don't need their testicles them. for that well, yeah, they can still become redeemed people without their testicles. Maybe, if anything, it's no, just I'm, taking the old, like it's taking the I'm commandment talking, very seriously. Like if it causes you to sin, just chop it off. Well, you know what it was so interesting, Sue? I was thinking about chopping everything off, not just the testicles. I was thinking about chopping everything off, like becoming a human. You can't pee if you no. I think sorry, we're going into a really weird topic, yeah. but I'm pretty sure castration is only testicles. How are you <laughs> supposed to pee? 
I don't know. Maybe just put a tube in there. I don't know. I have no idea. But a catheter? <laughs> I don't think they had catheters back in the day. All right. Clearly, I haven't done my research. I, I, like I, I was thinking about catheter. I think about losing everything. Like you just chop no, everything. Uh, no. So I mean, interesting tidbit about um something I've learned. Sorry, this <laughs> is like such a no. So um, so you know, like those really fam- there's like a lot of like famous operas. Okay. From back in the day yeah. where the people who used to be the main male vocal, like male opera singers, okay. they, they were castrated. They're called castratos, castrato from castrated. And they were able to do, they did that because then they would have a very wide range of singing ability because they, they had to like time it at a very specific like time in their puberty timeline where they were able to hit those low notes, but without losing like some of so those how, high notes. How, how do you know this stuff? No, I'm, I, I, I don't know. Castr- you even know the name Castrato. Castrados. <laughs> yeah. And so they were able to sing like, because, you know, boys' voices change. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's like a very specific timeline in which you can castrate them and they don't lose some of those like upper ranges, but they've already developed so, some of the lower ranges. So, all right. So help me to understand this because, you know, you, your husband is a doctor, so you might know this better than me. So if if you don't have testicles, you cannot get an erection. Is that true? So here's what is interesting. This is what okay. I was getting to. I think yeah. we're going to have to put a rating in our podcast Yeah, seriously. This, week. this is not um, intended so apparently for minors. Those um, castrados were very popular as lovers during their time because they were able to hold an erection, but they were shooting blanks. So they wouldn't like impregnate the woman. So then that would defeat the purpose. They got to get castrated. <laughs> Everything because if they can still have sex, they can still damage Google people. This real quick. Hold it on. would be even worse. So it would be even worse. They could just do whatever they wanted then. It would be even worse. So it would be they would have to lose everything. Everything. And then biology, stick a straw in there or something, figure it out. Yeah, see, castrato, a male singer castrated in boyhood so as to retain a soprano or alto voice. Okay. Well, th- this is very much so TMI, but it would for me, it would be <laughs> a law of full. 100% castration. I feel like we're going to lose a bunch right, of so anyway. um, followers. Well, we're just um, talking about but maybe a, a gain pass, a bunch of other ones. Pass of a sin. I- I'm just sharing something and that is that is I know that's sinful but it's just I just believe there's some people like you know and I'm not God so I would never understand the realities of it but that are beyond like God's mercy in some ways, you know. And I know I know that's that that might open me up for judgment but when when a man an adult man decides to, you know, harm a little child and and do what they do. I just, I just, to me, I just feel like, man, that's like almost the most unforgivable, even though God will forgive. But for me, if I could participate in a sin where I could, what God gives me a pass on it, that would be mine. Okay. Can I say something interesting? Yeah. Um, okay, you know, what? That, was very, that was very presumptuous of me to say, I'm going to say something interesting. Perhaps this is not interesting at all. Yeah. Yeah. But Let me, I want to, I think to the audience me, is dying to hear yours. No, it's interesting to me because no. So to your point, I recently read a book um, about, I think the book was called the air we breathe or something like that. And it was about how Christianity is so pervasive in our modern society, but we don't even realize that some of the things that we believe in as like core tenets that we believe in as a society, mm. as a mm. modern society are actually based on Christian values, mm. but we don't realize it because it's so pervasive, like the air we breathe. So one of the things that this guy actually talks about is um, that whole idea of um, sexual harassment or molestation as something that is a real violation of your spirit that is actually a very Christian tenet because in 
ancient Rome, that was just another Monday. Like a girl mm-hmm. raped, a boy yeah. getting yeah. raped, yeah. just another regular day. And it was only until Jesus came on the scene and specifically mm. even told his disciples, no, no, no. Women or men are equal, but that doesn't yeah. mean that women can go sleep around with as many men and as many men as they can. It's more like men also need to only sleep with their wives. Yeah. And the disciples yeah. are like, What? And yeah. Jesus yeah. was like a totally revolutionary Absolutely. person. And until Jesus came on the scene, the civilization at the time, which was the peak civilization of Rome, believed that it was okay to rape women and to sleep yep. with young boys. Like that was completely accepted. And the fact that we now as a modern society look at that as such a heinous, such heinous behavior. And in fact, probably one of the worst affronts to humanity mm. to rape another person. That's a deeply Christian yeah. value because yeah. it's affirming like the image of God in another yeah. person. And I just thought that was very interesting. And it's funny that you're saying that as um like, pedophilic behavior as like the worst possible thing that could even be possibly unforgivable because it's only in recent i mean like in recent you know history of humanity that that's become viewed that way because you know in ancient rome and the ancient greeks like boys were um like men slept with boys yeah you know so it's just interesting that you have such a visceral reaction to it even though it was long for long periods of time like part of regular life yeah, you know, it's it's uh I guess some of that visceralness comes because I've had a lot of different types of connections with folks in the church and other Christians who who I have had opportunities to do some counsel and even some deliverance stuff. And the stuff they tell me and share with me about um the abuse that they've sustained growing up like in their home as a little child mm-hmm. um by family members and siblings and uncles and other things like that. I mean, it's just, it's horrific and, and, and how it really ruins and hurts their life in such a deep way, even though they believe in the Lord, it's just there. And so any event, yeah. So, but uh, yeah, it's interesting because in the first century, you know, uh, Jewish men were allowed to divorce their wives if they didn't like the meal they cooked. Hmm. That's how, that's how regular divorce Hmm. was back in there. So when Jesus says you cannot divorce someone, your spouse, with the exception of marital unfaithfulness, that was such a radical teaching in the Jewish faith. Like that was crazy. That was so crazy. And what people don't realize is that what he was doing is that he was really standing up for women's rights. He was protecting the woman. And we don't understand the the history background of that, but that was something so different and it was really upholding and lifting women up. And, um, and so, yeah, so it's interesting that you say that, but anyway, what our audience okay. wants to know is what is the sin pass that Sua Huang will participate in? I don't think it would be sexual. Okay. I don't have very much sexual temptation. <laughs> um, although, you know what? I don't want to reveal the name of this particular person, but recently I had a conversation with a female friend because yes. you keep saying to me that I'm a weirdo. You are um, a little and weird. I said to this yeah, friend, I said, hey, weird. when you see a really hot guy, like, do you want to sleep with them? Like, do you have um like are you excited like you know what i mean like are you yeah. sexually excited when you yeah. see like a really hot man and she was like no wow like she was like physical appearance does not do anything for me and so i feel like i'm not the only person who mm. does well not... i think for women it needs to be like more of not just physical but it has to be an emotional connection which is that actually really more does. dangerous in some ways it, oh, absolutely um 100 percent. yeah I agree. but I anyway agree. i just wanted right, to so, make it known so okay. it probably wouldn't you know this is so boring but if i could get a pass oh i really God. think that i would like if god was like you can lie as much as you want like it would make my life so much easier for like a day 
No, for the rest of my life. <laughs> no, you can't lie. It's one sin. No, it's one sin. You know, okay, it's one lie. This is something that really, one lie. really is difficult for me. Okay, oh, there's obviously so a lot of sins. Boring. But you know what? Like, I just, I just wish I could lie all the time. And I used to because I distinctly <laughs> remember a time in my life where I could lie and I wouldn't feel badly about it. But I feel like in recent years, like oh, God has been really man. convicting me when I even lie about stupid things. Like, you know, when somebody says like, oh, let's hang out and I don't want to. And I'm just kind of like, oh, actually, you have like a doctor's appointment or something. Yeah. And then the God's like, no. <laughs> so then I, Like, OK, I'll tell you an example. I hope nobody is listening to this. But recently, um, <laughs> nobody that I know is listening to this. This is recently, a real, with real a confession of a sin. Yeah, I met with a friend. And um, her son is friends with my daughter. Okay. And my daughter had a birthday party recently. And okay. I somehow completely forgot to invite this friend's son. Uh -oh. um, I'm not sure why. Like, I'm not sure how, because he always invites her to his birthday. Yeah. And I was drafting a list of friends to invite to the party. And we even had spaces left. Like, I had open slots. Um, so... It was like totally like an omission. Like I just, I, I blanked. Like I didn't. So I'm eating lunch with this person and she says, hey, did you guys do anything for Audrey's birthday? Like how was Audrey's birthday? And I was like, <laughs> F. Oh my gosh. Like I, I, I forgot to invite him. I forgot to invite him. And I felt so bad. And so I said to her, I said, oh, we didn't really do anything. We just had like dinner as a family. Oh, you already lied. Oh, it's a confession. Nice. But then, no, but then like the spirit's like, no. Yeah, like, don't lie. Not, that's not right. So I had to literally backtrack after like 15 minutes of her talking about something else. I had to be like, hey, listen, can I just go back to the birthday real quick? I was like, I'm really sorry. But um, actually, we did have a birthday party. We had we had ponies. People went on pony we had rides. Our bouncy house party. <laughs> and um, I don't know what happened, but I just forgot to invite your son. And I'm so sorry. I feel like a real jerk about it. And I'm not really sure how i forgot but i forgot and i feel like a real a-hole and i'm so sorry how did she and respond i feel she was very gracious about oh, it okay. but i feel like it would have been so much better if i could have just lied and moved but, on Sua, you don't know you don't know if like they were at school and kids were saying audrey's party was so great and it was then like three months ago so i feel like uh, that time had right. ended so little things like that i feel like my life would be so much more convenient uh, if i could just lie Sua, listen I just that's that's a that's a very boring answer. I mean, at least mine was entertaining. I mean, I'm talking about castration full, and you're talking about I wish I could lie. <laughs> Clearly, no. But you know what, BP? That's a much more like it oh. adds a lot more convenience. How much more pertinent is the lying in a daily life than um, castration of pedophiles? How many pedophiles do you actually know that you would want to castrate? Yeah, lying yeah. happens like every day. I am tempted to lie every second of my life. This oh is such goodness. a better quality of life pass than castration of pedophiles. Oh, it's much man. more relevant. Uh Maybe more relevant, but it's definitely not as interesting. But anyway, it's okay. Well, today we're going to have a show about a show about nothing. We have taken Seinfeld's sort of thing, their, oh, the way gosh. they do their show. And we, I just, I called Sua up this week and I said, Sua, let's do an episode where there's no topic and we just kind of talk about certain things and we'll just kind of go off of it. And so we'll see if you like it. Let us know. Make sure you comment, you email us. But also what we would love for you is like to share with us any type of topics you'd like us to discuss, because that would help. And that would help us because as we try to put out a podcast every week, we're constantly kind of thinking, what can we talk about? 
And we don't want to keep repeating things that we've talked about before. So anyway, if there's anything that you would like us to talk about, we'd love to hear from you. But Sua, I got to talk to you about something. Okay. So my wife uh, just came back on a vacation. Um, this was the first vacation she went on ever in her life without like her family, like anyone from like her Wait, sisters. Really? Yeah. Like, oh, that's huge. This is the first time in our marriage where I have not, where I had been like at the house and she was traveling. What was that like for you? So here's the deal. I, well, first of all, I was so happy that she went out and she traveled. Like, I was so happy that she went on vacation. She was having a good time and all that kind of stuff. So she went She went out to LA and she had a great time out there. So I really love that. But I'm telling you, Sua, it was, it was, I was sad. It was weird. And I'm like, <laughs> and here's what I thought, Sua. I was like, how does she do this? Like, how does she do this? How does she do Man. me traveling and being home by herself? Like, And the I kids just, were much younger, too. Yeah. And she had three little ones. And yeah. I was like, oh my God, how did she do it? I really missed her. And she was only gone for four nights, five days. All right. It wasn't even that long. All right. And it's not like I had to like, because the chores and stuff, that doesn't bother me. That's fine. You know, Christian and I had a great time. We watched Super Bowl together. We all did that stuff. So it was cool. So that's not the thing. It was just like her presence. And there was like this kind of this void. And so do you know what I started thinking about? I just, my mind started going there. I'm thinking, oh man, I got to die before her. Oh my lord! Because if she if she dies before me, I don't know what's gonna happen to me. Like I think I'll be a basket case. So then I'm thinking, oh man, I'm so this selfish. This is so funny. But this is where my mind's going, and I'm like, I can't. She can't die before me. I Hold gotta on. die before her. Have you never thought about that before? You know, we kind of thought of it. In, like we just said, okay, like the best case scenario is we die together. Okay, but what happens and so we talked about that like we talked about things like yeah you know like if i was like if you die i'll probably get remarried and she's like yeah if i if you die i'll get remarried for sure and i'm like okay that's fine you know but like but like there was this void in the house for four nights five days and i just thought to myself this is probably what it's gonna be like if she dies like i won't i'm so glad jenny went on this trip so that you finally <laughs> understand when jenny turned to you that night and said you don't love me because all you do is just travel <laughs> and leave me with the kids i hope you finally understood to she the was core she was pregnant she was pregnant with kayla she yeah, was struggling I hope with you a understood bad case of more i don't tell you level of compassion i don't know so we should, when i picked her up and you know i i dropped off her friend and all that stuff and then in the car i'm like how do you do it did you like for all these years deal with me not being home and i travel so much more than you and i was like it was so hard for me and i said hey listen i was like i gotta die before you you cannot die before me what so you better say? start working now you better start getting healthy oh, what did she say she start laughing she started laughing and she's like what she's like but i know she can survive without me because she has i've been away for times and she's able to do it i don't know if i could I mean, I don't know if I could survive. I mean, what I'm sure was like so bad? It. I'm just curious. I don't like, know. What was so bad? So, I'm trying to figure that out, but I was just like, it was weird. And I, maybe I'm going through like a little phase also right now. I don't know. Like, I just, it was just a, maybe it was just a, a sort of like just a, a bunch of different things that are happening, but it was weird. And listen, I want her to go again because I want to just test it out again. But just it, was just, it was the novelty of it that is so shocking. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. It was just a weird thing. And I just felt like, oh, my goodness. Like, this is not. Yeah, this is this is weird. And I'm just very thankful for her going away because it helped me to realize, 
you know, what she did what, and while I was gone and how difficult it was for her. And she was always willing to, you know, let me go on different ministry type trips and stuff. And even let me go on trips to, to connect with my friends, you know, because she knows how important that is for me. So I realize this is a big sacrifice. This is not a small. So listen, husbands, if you travel a lot for business, for work, for pastors, for ministry, I just, I hope you could appreciate and thank your wife for always, always allowing you to go and uh, and her carrying the load. So I hope you can be very appreciative. But yeah, I just, it's so funny how my mind just wanted and I just thought, oh gosh, I got to die before her. I can't, I can't, she cannot die before me because I think I would be a basket case. That's so funny because- Isn't um, it? It's weird. Well, I mean, it's funny because it's John and I have too. this conversation- it's so selfish. All the time. Yeah. Um, okay, not death? all the time, but no, no. So when I was, when we were younger, okay. this is pre-kids. I think when we just got married, maybe we were watching the movie, you know, that movie, The Notebook. I love that movie. Yeah. Even yeah. though I don't I think that was a Korean movie from... and then they took it, right? They took the storyline. They made it. No. No? Oh, okay. My bad. I don't think so. I think well, anyway, was. maybe. Right. I don't know. So we were watching The Notebook and, you know, in the story, they die together, right? Yeah. Like that's kind of yeah. supposed to be very romantic. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was not particularly moved by that. To be honest, like, I think it's a little odd that they die together, mm. um, but we watched it. And then John says to me, hey, so if I die, like, you're going to die, too, right? Like, we're going to die together. And I said, what do you mean? And he goes, well, I mean, like, if you die, like, if I die, like, we will die together because we're in love. We'll die together. He said, well, how old am I in this scenario? He goes, how about, like, 40? I'm like, I'm freaking dying at 40 because you're dead. Like, that's the most <laughs> ridiculous thing I've ever heard. That's right. So then he goes, okay, what about 50? I'm like, no. That's and right. Maybe he just 80. kept going up, yeah. and he was like, "How about like 90? I was like, "Okay, 90, we can die together." So we reached <laughs> the happy compromise. I was like, "If you die at 90, I will die at 90, but not before then." So, guys, have you talked about remarriage? Like, so Sue, if, if oh, yeah. John would have passed, you would get yeah. remarried. Absolutely no. So we've talked about that yeah. too. And um, what was your answer? I said to John, "I said, John, like if I die, like you have to freaking get remarried." Like, yeah. There's no way you can. I think that's all. a very healthy response. If, if, I think I think spouses that say you can't, that's so selfish. Okay, well, listen. Okay, keep listening. <laughs> so then I was like, you should get remarried, um, especially if the kids are young. Like, who's gonna take care of the kids? Like, you yeah. you need a balance. Like, you can't do it yourself. Yeah. Um, and he was like, yeah, yeah, I think I agree. He was like, I probably do. I was like, yeah. So I'm like waiting for him to be like, yeah, if I die, like you should also. But he's not saying it. So then, <laughs> so then I was like. Uh, and then I was kind of just thinking out loud. I was like, yeah, I mean, I guess like if you die, I mean, I have like a really hefty life insurance sum. Like, I guess I don't really need to get remarried. Like I can just hire all the help that I want. I mean, like, I don't really need a new husband. Like I have a bunch of money that I got. And he's like, yeah, definitely. You would not need a new husband. Why would you have to get remarried? Just use your life insurance. <laughs> Like, you don't need it. You don't need to get, a, like, a new husband. Oh, John. Um, oh, John. So he did not like the idea. And he still, when I straight up asked him, he's like, I would not want you to get remarried. Uh oh All right. Um, so I, maybe maybe I should have known that answer before I said I also I said. have another friend. I'm not going to tell you who it All is. Right, but but Sue, this particular you would get person. remarried, though. You would get remarried, right? But, so, okay. Can we just say something real quick? We say this as if it's such an easy thing to meet, like, a person to just get remarried to. Um, and I know for you, you've never been single for an extended period of time in which you were looking for a partner. Like yeah. by the time you met Jenny, it was kind of like your first real relationship. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. it just kind of transitioned into marriage. And you've and never she had, had to the think about being first single. Before I had the hots for her. So please. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> 
What Boy, did we that say was about lying? A, that was such a disgusting look. What on did we face? say oh. about lying at the beginning of this episode? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So anyway, but um, I have friends who have been single and mm. it's not that easy to find like another person. Well, who sure. You love. Absolutely. But if you had it your way, like, would you want to get remarried? I'm not sure. And I'm oh not just saying this because of John. God. I'm not just saying this because of John. Like, you know, to be honest, I think it would be kind of nice to live single for a while if if John were not in the picture. Like, I don't necessarily feel the need to. Because, OK, before I met John, I also was not one of those people who had this like need to meet mm. someone to the point where I was voted by like my youth group, like most likely to not get married hmm. because I just never was looking for a partner. Um, and I'm I'm okay. And I'm not saying like I don't want to use the phrase like self-sufficient in the sense of like I'm self-sufficient in life, but it's more so that like I've never felt like I just really needed somebody to yeah. be like not lonely. Like I've never felt really lonely in my life ever. And so I don't think it's something that I like the hole would be left from John not being there specifically, but yeah. it wouldn't be a hole that would be there because I don't have a partner. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So I don't know. To be honest, I really am not sure if I would get remarried. Interesting. Well, as 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 your pastor or your former pastor, I would encourage you to get remarried. If, if, Why? If, you know, I just think it's I think it's the right thing. I think it's, you know, you get it's not remarried. a very pastoral response. You just think it's the right thing. Listen. What I, I need something more than that. When I experienced the past four or five days, there was like a void, man. I was like, oh, man, this is weird. And then when she came back, it's like, oh, just everything just seemed like right. Okay, I don't but know, do you just... think that Jenny would like really want to get remarried? Hell yeah, she would. For she what reason? Twice about it. You really think she so? wants, she wants I feel like to... we need to ask her for yeah, real. But I just think she enjoys the relationship of a spouse. And I think she, you know, she, she would, she wants somebody because as you get older, Sua, like, the reality is you 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 start living all alone and as you get older and your kids get older you don't have anyone else at that point you know and so i think it's important to have a partner that you can travel with and and uh, and live and and be in that kind of intimate friendship with i think that's so critical you know so i will critical. say so. that sometimes when i think about being i guess some of it is part of my life and how i got married also very young like i was 23 by the time i got engaged right yeah. so i don't ever yeah. remember a time in my adulthood when i didn't have that one person who was yeah. like my go-to person and i I'm, and maybe i'm just not thinking about what it would be like to actually not have like your person yeah. because i don't ever remember a life when i didn't have that because before yeah. then it was like my parents right yeah. and then all of those things kind of just got moved along to like my husband but sometimes i think about my friends who are single um and I feel like it must be very odd when let's say you have something really exciting that happens at like work and you come yeah. home and you want to tell someone, who do you tell? Like, do you yeah. call your friend up and yeah. say, Hey, can we chat for 10 minutes? And then like, call yeah. your I feel like it's not the same because it's not like a yeah. built in go-to person. Or if you have to go get like a colonoscopy or something, like who do you call to be like, Hey, can you be my person to yeah. drive me home? Or like, yeah sign my who is your emergency contact like if yeah. you, your parents are older and you know they're no longer able to yeah. do that for you like yeah. who do you call in a case of emergency yeah. you know and for me those things are not 
things that I ever think about because my person's always John and it's been John for the past like 15 plus years, you know? And so I guess those are the things that I don't really think about because they're already built into my life. But if John were to, you know, die before me, then I guess, yeah. Who do I talk about? Yeah. To about the things that excite me or the things that make me sad today. Like who would be that person? I don't know. So as your weak pastor, that's would be my advice. So as your weak, uh, yeah, okay, because you as just your think it's pastor. the right thing. Yeah, you know, just because you've been in that. Yeah, I, I just think if you can, you know, like, and if if you're desiring to go, if you don't want to, you're like, no, I don't want that. I just want to live my independent life, and I I respect that, I totally do. But I don't know. Just for me, uh, last week was an interesting week for me, man. I just was like, oh, this is this is nuts. This is. I nuts. will I tell you, be. there's a person, our <clears throat> one of our mutual friends. I can't give away her name. Uh, maybe I'll tell you after the podcast. <laughs> What like, happened? Um, no, so this person told me that if her husband were to remarry, she yeah. will literally come back and haunt him and his new wife. Like she was like, I will haunt you. Like, don't think that I will not haunt you. That's kind of unhealthy. That's unhealthy, man. <laughs> I just think it's unhealthy. I, I want my I mean, I just let's just speak for myself. If I pass, like let's say I pass in five years. I would want Jenny to get remarried. I would not want her to to journey if she can. I would I wouldn't want her to journey in this life alone because my kids are. I mean, we're gonna be, we're be empty nesters, and they need to have their own life and they need to live their life. And you know, I mean, parents can be a part of it, but you know, we can't be a major part of their lives in that way. And I just I would want and and I and I did tell Jenny. I said, Jenny, get remarried. Like I'm totally cool with that. Get remarried, you know, and stuff. So anyway, yep. That's that's uh something I want to talk to you about Wait, today. Wait, so when you go to heaven though, like marriage is not a thing. Nope. Right. Nope. So it doesn't yeah. matter how many husbands yep. or wives you've had. It's not nope. like when you go to heaven, you're gonna have to duke it out and like pick nope. one. Nope. 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 Or like nope. the strongest man yep. wins the we'll wife. We'll be friends. Anything. Hopefully, we'll just be good friends, and you know, she, she could visit me at my house. I visit her at her house, and all that good stuff. So we'll, we'll hang out. We'll see whose house is bigger and decked out with more jewels i kind of think it's gonna be me but it's probably gonna be her because <laughs> she's had to deal with me for so long god's given her major treasure man all these treasures i'm like dang girl look at you all right sua what do you want to talk about so i was wondering this has been a, like on my news feed a lot over the past right. couple weeks um what is your opinion on this um i'm gonna put it in air quotes um quote unquote revival that's happening at Asbury. It's like impossible to be um in any Christian news outlet and like not yeah. be hearing about this. It's all over it's all over it's everyone's all news. over the news. It's, it's even Facebook. on like secular news. Yeah. 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 So what do you have any thoughts about it? Have you thought about uh, it? Uh Sua, I I just wanna do you want me to really go there? I mean like, do you really want me to the go the week there? pastor podcast. You know, okay. you gotta right. give it so, to us straight. So listen, I, I have I have I have a couple of thoughts about it. And I'll say here, here are the good things that I really think that's happening there with the Asbury revival. Uh, a couple of things I think that's really cool is that first and foremost, um, the Holy Spirit will move however he decides to move, right? Like nobody can sort of quench like like dictate how this whole Holy Spirit is mm-hmm. gonna move. So if this is a Holy Spirit revival moment, like a Pentecost moment, then you know I can't really say anything negative about that. Of course, that's a powerful movement. Yeah. Am I doubting anything that's happened? No, I think people are going there. They're getting blessed. They're overwhelmed. You know, they're repenting. All that stuff is the power of the Holy Spirit. So yes, I think that's a beautiful thing that's happening amongst there. The other thing I love about this movement is that uh, I, I I love the fact that it's it's showing us 
how ineffective streaming services is, mm. right? What do you, you mean? Got, you got to be there. You can't watch this thing online. It's like, it's not the same. Like, it's just not the same. And I love the fact that they shut it down. They even stopped streaming it. And they just wanted the people who came to be blessed. And so people are traveling from all over the country. I know a few people in this area that have drove down or flew, yeah, flown down just yeah. to be in the presence of the Holy Spirit in that way. So what I love about this is that, you know, because I think after the pandemic, everyone, there were so many Christians saying, I can just watch online. I'll do church online. What I love about this revival is that it's saying, no, you can't. You got to be in the building. You got to be in the building worshiping with the people of God in order to encounter the power of the spirit. I think you can capture some of that stuff on online, but you cannot capture the essence and the heart of what people are experiencing when they go to Asbury. And mm -hmm. I think that's why people are willing to drive that yeah. far down. Yeah. The other thing, the last thing I think that I really love about this is that the simplicity of it. Mm -hmm. um, it's just an acoustic guitar guy leading worship. It's just a simple message. There's no, you know, there's no fog machine. There's no lights. There's nothing. It's just a very simple way of connecting with God and just the spirit just moved in that way. And I think what it's, hopefully what it's doing is that it's sort of, you know, sort of recalibrating kind of like the way, you know, back in the day where the boomers and the Gen Xers, did church, the whole mega church movement where they have fog lights and, you know, fog lamps and all that stuff. You have something really that. personal against fog. Fog, fog lamps, items. fog lamps, or just you know, just all these different things. Those are smoke, I get it, smoke but machines. They're, they're more like a U two concert. It's more like a like a concert for like yeah, for like just concerts. But I love the simplicity of this because like you watch this stuff online, and it's just like there's just a guy leading worship on an acoustic guitar, you know, there's or a keyboard or things like that, and then the pastor just goes and just preaches a very simple message, and it's just I love that because that's when you know that the spirit is really moving, and so I think those are some of the really cool things that are happening, and so I think that's really good. But my biggest uh, sort of issue with this movement or what's happening with the Asbury revival is that. I think the revival is definitely going on and I think it should be covered and stuff like that. But what makes me sad, this is what makes me sad, Sua, is that this is another example of white supremacy, white privilege in the American church. Because in many ways, um, I think when you look at the history of our country and when you look at American evangelicalism, you'll find that always white folks or white evangelicals or white Christians are the ones who validate revivals in this country. Right. Mm -hmm. um, th there has been revivals going on in black churches in Latin churches and Asian churches in this country for so long. And yet nobody ever covers it and say it's a revival. Now, I know we have the Azusa Street revival. I know we have that, the Azusa uh, revival. But that revival went on for eight years. And then they, they deemed it to be a true revival, right? And so here you have a movement that's only going on for a few weeks, right? It's just a few weeks. And yet now everyone is gathering to it. And when you see it, it is just a, like you see a large, just, I mean, 95% of the people are just white. And, and I know that's sort of indicative of the places where they are. But I guess the issue or some of the, the thing that makes me sad is that when you think about these great movements that are happening, when you think about the movements that happened, you know, recently, even like with the Bethel movement, the IHOP movement, these are all powerful spiritual movements. But again, it's, it's getting recognition because there are these white 
Christian movements. And it it almost sort of gives the message that it's not a real revival or the spirit's not really moving unless white Christians validate it as such. And I think that's really media. Of course, the media plays into that and stuff. But again, it shows the lopsidedness of how powerful mm. white Christianity is in this country and how much power they have in it. And I think the only other thing that I would say to this, because I had a good talk with my good buddy, Alex G., and I chatted with him about this. And he was just saying, you know, Peter, like back in the 80s, there was, I don't know if you remember this, Kasua, you were young because you were born in the 80s, but there was something called the Toronto Blessing. And it was a vineyard movement. And it was revival. I mean, revival breaking out in Toronto. And what was happening was that people just bursted out laughing. They were just laughing. People uh, were rolling around on the ground. You know, sometimes people were actually barking, right? This is the stuff oh, that happened. If you look at the Toronto movement, <laughs> but but the thing that Alex was saying was that he was saying that, you know, in, in the black churches, people were being so like overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit, so filled with the Holy Spirit that they were laughing, you know, that they were rolling around on the ground and stuff like that. But when people saw it, they would call them ignorant. Mm. Right. And why is it ignorant when it happens to black people? And why is it a revival when it's happening to white Christians? And I think there is that disparity. So I am not like downplaying what's going on there. I think mm. the spirit's moving. Yes. You know, it's doing some really great things in this country. And I just love it because I think I love the simplicity of it and all that stuff. But what makes me really sad and actually gets me a little upset sometimes is that, again, like all of us, like, we have to realize that there is this white Christianity that has been created in this country that continues to sort of drive this and saying that it's only valid if it's happening in a white predominantly white community. And I just think that's sad because the spirit is moving in ethnic churches around the country. And so that's just my thoughts on it. That is very interesting. I had never actually thought of it through that particular lens, like putting race into it. Um, you know, in the beginning when it first started happening, and this is, I think it's a, it's been over a week at this point, um, I think they finally had to shut it down. Like, I think the school yeah. actually was like, we need to close this because it's affecting I think the, the lives leadership of our is just students. amazing. I, I mean, um, when I think about the Asbury leadership, they're just amazing. They're like, shut off live. We're not going to do this. And they're trying to make it as simplistic and possible. I am not downing anything. I think what they're doing is great. Some great leadership. You know, I've, I read recently that they're not, you know, they were going to get some really big speakers to come. They actually canceled all of that. And I just thought that's really great. You know, and I'm not going to believe everything I'm reading, but Nonetheless, what I'm reading seems really positive about the leadership there. It's yeah. I mean, I also, yeah, I heard like there were some big name quote unquote Christian celebrities who had wanted to come and like yeah. lead worship there and like preach. And they were like, yeah. no, like nope. they, they were like, nope. And their whole consensus, or their, I respect that. So yeah, much. their idea ideology was like, Jesus will be the only quote unquote celebrity yeah. here. Like nobody else is going to yeah. be a celebrity and steal Jesus's glory. So I felt like that was great. Um, I mean, I had a mostly very positive uh, view of it, like every, for all the reasons that you said, I mean, I really think that it made me rethink what this, what is church and what, what is our responsibility in terms of creating a space for authentic worship? Um, not that like smoke machines and fog machines are bad and that good worship bands are bad necessarily. But um, I think there has been this kind of trend where we feel like without the 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 right formula for worship, yeah. meaning like the right you know, yeah. the right vocals and the right yeah. instruments and the, you know, the electric guitar riffing in the background, like we will not be able to experience the Holy Spirit. And clearly yeah. that's a very modern and false 
perspective on worship. Um, with the race thing, that is very interesting that you say that because, um, again, not to take away from anything that's going on at Asbury or has happened at Asbury. And I guess time will tell in terms of the fruit that comes out of this revival, because once again, you know, revival is one thing. Um, experiencing the Holy Spirit is one thing. Receiving Holy Spirit gifts is one thing. Yeah. And then living those things out and producing fruit in your life is a whole other thing, right? A whole and so, different thing. And that's the much more difficult part of the yeah. spiritual journey, I feel like. You know, many people have spiritual encounters, but how do you then translate that into like yeah. the little things every day yeah. for the rest of yeah. your life and produce fruit like that i feel like is the true test of um what this encounter really meant for you did you want i feel like yeah was- yeah and so like i would say this like you know so i think if our listeners are listening you know like a revival happens when we're not focusing on revival we got to always focus on jesus that's how revival mm-hmm. happens and so we just have to be careful because sometimes like we're just focusing on revival 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 but again, like sometimes that takes us our attention away, even from Jesus, which is really interesting. Sometimes that happens. So as long as we always focus on Jesus, revival can happen anywhere, right? Anywhere. But you know, like Sue, like I would, I would like probably break down and start weeping if I found out because I know that they're calling these young kids to repent. So this is a beautiful Gen mm-hmm. Z movement, I think, that's happening, which is really amazing because you know the Zs are the ones that are just walking away from the church in droves, right? right? And right. so there's statistical evidence of that. And this could be something that's happening. And this is what I'm hoping for. This is what I'm truly hoping for because the Zs, I think, can do it. The Gen Zs can do it more so than the Xers and, you know, and the millennials and things like that is um, rather than just repenting, and I think it's important to repent about your, just your own personal sins that maybe you watch porn, you masturbated, you had, you know, like you cursed somebody out, you stole something. Like those are important. But listen, at the end of the day, like when I think about this, like if this revival, one of the things they repented of is racism, that would be huge. If they repented with their forefathers of the racism that they have instilled within this country and and ask for forgiveness in that and now they're going to do better like that to me would be such an amazing message and i believe like you know this country will never uh, will never stop being a racist country unless we're willing to truly repent of that and we truly need the white christians to come alongside of us and help us with that because we're not going to be this country will never able to will never be able to overcome racism unless white christianity helps us like they have to truly see this as one of their missional causes and so i think that is one of the fruits that i think w- would be so beautiful that would be you know born through this revival in asbury and other places that they would begin to see and embrace the truth of just what's been happening in the history of our country and embrace the realities of that and also spend a time in repentance and saying that we will do better. I think that would be just like, that would be amazing. And I'm hoping I'm praying that revivals like that, that break out. And there's been other, I don't know if you read this also in your news feeds this week, there's been other schools that have been mm-hmm, experiencing mm-hmm. revival, other white evangelical schools that are experiencing revival. And I just hope that it's not just focused on repenting with the sins you committed just between you and God, but that we would also look at the, the, the horizontal relationships, the sins that we've committed against one another. And that to me is the test of like true deep mm-hmm. revival that bears a lot of fruit because it's great. We focus on our relationship with Jesus. Of course we have to. But at the end of the day, Jesus also says you need to love your neighbor as yourself. And so how have we loved our neighbor? How have we lacked in loving our neighbor? And part of, I think that's been happening, you know, Brian Stevenson says this a lot. We're the only country in the, one of the only countries in the world that are not willing to just embrace the truth. 
the truth of the history of this country. And we're really the only country that really doesn't fully embrace it. And uh, and I just think we have to be willing to do that. And 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 the reality is, is that, you know, much of this country was founded based upon the quote unquote Christian principles. And within that, you know, we've endorsed genocides with the Native Americans. We've endorsed, of course, slavery and things like that. And uh, and it just evolved. Racism just has evolved in this country. And part of it, I think, is just that we have not been able to really receive the truth and embrace the truth. And so I think that's just kind of like my thoughts behind that. Like, I think what's going on in Asbury is really special and great. And yes, we should we should think about those things. But also what makes me sad again is just that we see the power of white Christianity in just saying that the Holy Spirit's really moving and it's bringing a revival and it's here. And, and it's happened to this a large group of white folks. And I just think that that's what makes me sad because I know for a fact that the spirit moves in other ethnic churches and they don't get, no one ever talks about it. Nobody ever writes about it. And there is this idea of, you know, white Christians are the sort of the, the validators of spirituality in this country still. And I think will be for a very, very long time, no matter what, no matter how much the ethnic diversity changes in this country, even if when white Christians are, or the white folks in this country are the minorities, I still think in Christianity, they will always be the majority and they will have all the power. Yeah. So I know that's loaded. I know I've said a lot, but that's, that's <laughs> no, I mean, it's interesting because I feel like, I mean, it was recently Black History Month, right? Right. Um, and I have very, and I know I'm, I'm going to try to stay on my in my lane and not try to argue about something that has, you know, is not really my lane. But I don't personally love the whole idea of Black History Month. Um, I don't like Latino History Month. I don't like all of these things because Asian History Month. Yep. To me, it reinforces this idea, this false narrative that we are not all part of American history. Yeah. Why does Black history yeah. have to have a separate month? Yeah. Why can't it be yeah. taught as a mainstream um, curriculum? Like, why yeah. can't it be just become like, why can't it be integrated yeah. into the history of American yeah. like history? Because there yeah. is no American history without Black history. You know, That's like right. Black people built this country, yep. you know, like yep. on, the, on their backs. And so yep. I find it so strange yep. to be like, okay, well, here's American history. Okay. And then we're going to dedicate yep. one out of 12 months to black history as if it's like a completely separate categorically separate thing yeah i think this plays into this whole idea like you know you and pastor alex were saying how come when white um christians do it it's the anointing of the spirit yeah. and when black christians or latino christians or even asian christians do it yep. oh well that's that's different they're ignorant yep. and i think it's this whole idea that we feel like we're categorically separate groups we but, are um yep. and i and that makes me wonder like was america ever truly like, because people keep saying we're so polarized now. We've never been yeah. more divided C compared to when. Like, I'm trying to think of a time in American <laughs> history when we were actually integrated. Like, exactly. when were we integrated? Exactly. We yes. were, we've never been integrated. And I no. think to me, it actually highlights the importance of having, and I know this sounds so cliche, but the whole idea of like the multi ethnic church, to me, the one thing that I really, um, I remember thinking it was very special for me was that. Um, and again, it sounds really cliche, but when I remember when before I came to Metro and that was my first foray into like the church where I saw people who look different. Um, until then, I was always I always identified as Korean. And yeah. then there's pro and then probably identified with white culture because that's mm -hmm. the mainstream culture. And I didn't really yeah. think that much about black culture. Like black culture was like BET stuff, yeah. you know, like 90s yeah. R&B, yeah. like that kind of stuff. Uh, 
But it wasn't until I really made friends, like close friendships, close family-like friendships inside Metro that when things on the news started happening with Black people, it felt like my own story. Like it felt like something that was personal. And that was, and I think that would never have happened had I not actually made friendships that were that close. And I feel like it's very difficult to make, I mean, of course you can make friends like that outside of the church, but I feel like there's something very special about worshiping together as one body with people who are across cultures, because then without even you trying to do it, Mm -hmm. watching somebody, watching a black man get beaten by police makes you feel so much more personal now. Yes. Like it feels like it's one of your people. Yes. You know, and I feel like that only happens um, for me at least, it only happened by worshiping and having these mm-hmm. friendships across culture. And so, and I don't think that's ever really happened in the history no. of America. And it I feel hasn't. like that's to me what the problem is. We see that yeah. we see other cultures as categorically separate Absolutely. from our own. Yeah. And I think I think Sue, I think the reason why is because we're just not we're not willing to just accept the truth of our history of our country. Mm-hmm. I think there is a deep denial still. Like when you go to Ber- when you go to Berlin, right? When you go to uh, the country, uh, when you visit Germany, you go to Berlin, you can't help every other block. You're going to run into a statue where they're going to remind anyone who walks through that city. We can never repeat Nazism again. They teach it. They take their kids to the museums. They teach it so that they can accept, mm-hmm. learn the reality to accept the truth of the history of Germany, of what they did so that they never repeat it again. South Africa, the same thing with apartheid. Right. Um, and and, you know, mind you, uh, if you if you understand the history of apartheid, how did how did the South African government learn apartheid? They learned it through America, through Jim Crow. That's how mm-hmm. they learned apartheid. And so like even that country, they have learned and they they have allowed their young people to teach them the reality of what apartheid did to that country so that they will never repeat that again as a nation. And so nations have done this. They've accepted these things. But yet still in this country, we have not been able to fully accept. We've watered down a lot of the history of what's happened. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying that we have we haven't done anything. Of course, you know, when you read the history books, you'll you'll learn some things, but they've been so watered down. We don't understand the true history, the 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 carnal, the the violent nature of what happened in this country. We're not willing to accept it and really talk about it. It's just more in passing. And that's what's sad. And because of that, the narrative of racial difference continues to grow in this country, right? It just evolves, this narrative of racial difference that no matter what, if you have a different color on your skin that's not white, a different pigmentation, you will always be different in this country and you will be lesser than in this country. And we have not accepted the truth of what uh, of the true history of what's happened in this country. And I just want to say this. I just want to say this. Again, the revival is great. I'm saying I'm not telling you to not you know not pay attention to it. I think what's happening there's a true Holy Spirit movement. I just find it so tragic to see that the sad thing is just that it's not being covered. It's other things that are the spirits moving in other places. The spirits moving in other countries in a more wilder fashion, even in a more supernatural fashion. But of course, we never cover that as well, right? And that just happens. But here's what I just want to say to our white listeners that are listening: We cannot overcome racism without you. We really need you. This. The, the ethnic folks in this country, we just can't do it. We're not going to be able to be successful in it. And the only way that we're going to be successful in sort of overcoming racism in this country, we need white Christians to understand and go deeper and to accept and not try to sort of, you know, not try to just, 
you know, uh, ignore it or whatnot. But we really need white Christians to understand, take ownership and say we can do better. And when we can do that as a church, there's hope, I think, in this country. And so that's why like revivals like this, what I'm really hoping is that these young Gen Zs, because they're so social justice minded, that they would come to the realities of that. And that would be one of the things they repent of, because I have hope for this Gen Z generation and the younger ones, because social justice is something that's really important. And please, social justice is not a political thing. If you're a Christian, it's a gospel centered thing. Social justice, racial justice is 50% of the gospel. Read Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. The first 10 verses talks about our reconciliation with God through Jesus Christ's death and resurrection. But the last 10 verses speaks about our reconciliation between Jews and Greeks, right? Jews and Gentiles, that Jesus, through his death and resurrection, has destroyed the walls of hostility that divides us. And so if we are followers of Jesus and we find our unity in Jesus Christ, then we can do this. And that's what I'm hoping will happen in these revivals is that at the end, that not only would they feel connected with God and they experience God's love, but through that, they would begin to love others, particularly the ethnic folks in this country in a deeper way by just accepting the truth and doing better and realizing how we can bring deeper and more justice, racial justice in this country. I have hope in that. And I hope that that's what these revivals will eventually see and we'll be able to see the fruit of that. And I'm hoping if I read one day one of these feeds, that uh, that uh, I would hear that that would be one of the topics that they they call the church or these uh, these revival meetings, uh, what they call, what they encourage them to repent of. I think that would be just beautiful. I w- I would love to see that, and I'm just I'm just I don't want to be a pessimist, but I don't. It's not happened yet. It hasn't happened in Asbury, and I don't know if it will. I hope it will, and uh, we'll see what happens. You know, we see we'll see what. Maybe somebody will listen to this podcast, and maybe it'll spark us an interest. You know, who knows? But. But I hope that it will, because I think that's the only way racism will be overcome in this country. We need the white Christians to really take deep ownership of this and lead the way. And uh, we'll continue to help and support the best we can. So, Definitely not the turn I thought we were going to take when I asked that question. <laughs> this is a show about a show about nothing. And we just <laughs> talked so much about race. I mean, Sua, why you got to open up this can of worms, Sua? That's not, I did not. I did not predict that it was going to take this detour. It was a plot twist. It was a plot twist. I'm sorry. But I just, I was just when you asked it, I just said, I don't know if you want to really go there, but this is one of the beautiful things about doing a topic like this when we don't really have a topic is that we just, just kind of share different things. And, um, you know, yeah. So anyway, yeah. Anything else you want to talk about, Sua? So it was interesting to me this week because that was like one of the highlights of like my news feed that it just kept popping up. But then another one that kept popping up was like the new Super Bowl ad that aired about Jesus. Did you watch? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Which yeah. apparently was like a hundred million dollar campaign. Yeah. Did you know that that they spent about like a hundred million? Yeah, I mean, apparently, I, it's great. I mean, I, I I thought those those were actually like one of my favorite Super Bowl commercials because they were so simple and they were powerful. Yeah, okay, so yeah. that's interesting that you're you, okay because most of the perspectives that I've heard from people was very negative hmm. about those ads, but mostly it was because people were like, "Dude, we really need a hundred million dollar rebranding yeah. campaign for Jesus." Like, is that really? Um, no, but here's what I would say about that: um, we have to be we have to be willing to enter into the world of people like especially people who don't know jesus and i think they're made, trying to do that they're trying to what, what it shows is that it also shows that there is just the heightened sense where we're living in a time where americans are just highly spiritual and they're probably more spiritual than they've ever been before 
and they're open to because it, it wasn't just Jesus commercials. There was a Mormon commercial during the Super Bowl, if you don't mm-hmm. remember that. So you realize that religion is growing in this country in that way where people are, you know, where the people can give and people are actually spending $100 million on a, on a, on a commercial campaign and stuff like that. And I get it, $100 million. But at the end of the day, like if we're not going to be willing to enter into the worlds of others, um, where they are, it's going to be hard. And, you know, I'm hoping it, it made a difference. I'm hoping it worked. And I was glad that happened because in my time, that would have never happened. There would never, I would never see anything like that. But I do think that we need to enter uh, into the worlds of people that are wherever they are in whatever way we can. So I don't, I don't know. I, I didn't have negative thoughts about that one. That's so interesting because do you remember when um, Mel Gibson's Passion movie came out? Yes. And they, it was like a huge big budget movie. They, I think a lot of like, I don't know if it, I think a lot of churches like really rallied for that movie. They did all of these, like they put a lot of money into trying to make this like an evangelistic um, tool, like the movie passion, like invite your friends. Like we're going to have yeah. like a Friday night where we watch it. Yeah. And apparently they gather some statistics and they found that the number of people that actually went to these rallies or like watched the movie and like actually became converted was like less than 1%. Hmm. So it didn't work. Um, yeah, the, the and, Christians went, yeah. Right. It was mostly Christians. Yeah. It's kind of, every, I guess the thing that for me makes me uncomfortable is like, sometimes in Ohio, people from Ohio will understand me. When you were driving down the rural highways, there's always these like random billboards that yeah. say like really random things about Christianity. Like they're so like random. Like what? Like um, what? Like what? I'm trying to like, it's like marriage is between man and woman. And then like a parentheses oh. with like a Bible verse. That's it. That's oh. literally the entire billboard. Yeah. Yeah. And like I'm driving and like looking at it. I'm like, what is the intention of this billboard? Like I'm genuinely curious, like as somebody who doesn't believe that marriage is between man and woman supposed to read this and be like, Oh, yeah. huh. I guess marriage is between a man and a woman. Yeah. Like that's not going to happen. Yeah. So then yeah. what is the intention of the person who put this billboard? Is it for people who already believe that marriage is between a man and a woman to be like, yeah. Like, do you know what I'm saying? I'm assuming the intentions of these ads were to really reach people who don't know Jesus. And I think there's a lot of research um, that is saying today of how spiritual people are today and, um, and how they're open to trying to figure out, you know, who this higher being is you know, and stuff like that. So I think they're open to it. And so they're just taking advantage of it. And that's why a Christian organization would spend a hundred million dollars and a Mormon, uh, the Mormon church would do the same, that they would spend, you know, whatever money they spent for their commercial on the Super Bowl to kind of, you know, you don't do these kinds of things unless you do a little bit of market research and realizing that there is a climate for this actually happening. Um, and that's why you do what you do. So I don't know. I just, I, 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 I thought, um, I thought the ads were great. I, I I really liked that. I thought it was done very well. So whoever did it, I thought they did a really good job. But but yeah, hundred million dollars is a lot of money. I didn't know that's how much they spent. It was only seven million dollars for for a thirty second commercial. No, it's like I think it's it that that was the kickoff to use like Super Bowl language. Like I think they're yeah. gonna keep rolling. Yeah, 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 yeah It's yeah, like yeah. a whole thing. It's not oh, just it's like a over. Super Bowl like, ad. I watch. I watch. Yes, it's all over the like you know a lot. Most people, but here's the thing: most people don't watch commercials anymore. No, most people don't watch mm-hmm. TV. It's all streaming. But I, I'm the only one that still watches TV because I love TV. And <laughs> that commercial, commercials he gets us is all over the place. Had you heard about that commercial before you saw it? No, I no oh, no. So I, you I, no I saw it. he the the organization he gets us. I've seen yeah. those commercials before, oh, okay. of course. Okay, not that that was a brand new commercial that they did. 
But I've seen commercials from that organization on TV. Yeah. Because I'm an avid TV watcher. I, I love watching sports, mm. live sports and stuff like that. So I'm, I don't stream like the way these young kids do. These young kids, all they do is they um all they do is stream. So they don't they don't get to see the commercials that I get to see. But any event, yeah. We do have to wrap up. And so uh, <laughs> if you have any questions, any comments, we'll do our best to actually, you know, we'll do our best to um to uh to to respond back to you the best we can. And listen, we 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 actually do welcome any type of comment. So if if you were actually offended by this, uh feel free to, you know, share it. And uh and I think that's important as well. Um I just hope that you give us a platform just to be vulnerable and not just to share some of our sinful tendencies, but also just to share just the things that we're passionate about, sometimes things that we're actually pretty upset about, you know, things like that as well. And that's part of what the Week Pastor podcast is really about. So any event, Sue, I want more people to follow you on Instagram. What's your Instagram handle? If people don't know. I literally just think about it. Um, Sua B. Sua underscore B. Su- oh, oh, yeah. Mine just says Sua B on it. Yeah. 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 They should yeah. follow you. They should follow you on Instagram. Follow me. Uh, I'm Peter on 309, I think. That's that's me on Instagram, too. <laughs> I so don't know. We're so bad with that social media. Somebody <laughs> said somebody said to me recently, you got to grow your social media. And I was like, really? My Instagram? Anyway. But yeah. But please follow us at weekpastor.org uh, uh, on Instagram, Facebook, share we love to uh, continue to grow our audience. So to thanks so much for listening. We hope you have a great day. Bye.